Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. I'm Betsy. Today we're going to do another Oscar contender. Yes. Today we're going to watch The Power of the Dog. That's what we're watching. So Betsy, we're hearing some buzz about this one. I think it actually, did it win at the Golden Globes? I can't remember. <laughs> yes. I, I think, think it did. It did I think drama. you won. For drama, yeah. Yeah, for the drama category. Yeah, and I think, uh, what is it, West Side Story won for the musical slash comedy? That sounds about right. Yeah. So, as of this recording, we haven't heard what the nominations are. No, so we're recording this Sunday. The nominations will come out Tuesday. Yeah. So by the time this is released, we will know definitively yes. if this has been nominated for Best Picture. Or anything. Or anything. Yeah. We're kind of assuming it is because it's a pretty fair bet that mm -hmm. if it gets nominated in the Golden Globes, that it'll carry over maybe not all, but certainly most of those nominated pictures. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this, uh, out of all of the ones that we've uh, watched so far, this is one that is the most, like, sure thing. I think so. Uh, we've watched a few of them so far, and I think the ones that we haven't seen are the ones that we might have to pay for, slash have to go to a theater for. Wait until they come around yeah, here, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. So, like, the ones we haven't seen that are probably on the list are, like, Belfast. Coda, Coda maybe. There's a couple more. There's kind of a handful that are a little West harder Story, to come by. Yeah, yeah, West Side Story is out there, but that might actually come to streaming. I don't know. Yeah. But for today, we're going to watch this one that is a pretty much sure thing uh, to get nominated for at least Best Picture. Power of the Dog. Betsy, what do you know about this movie? This is a Western. Yeah. So this is Of a sorts. Maybe not necessarily a like traditional Western or like like cowboys and whatever else. <laughs> well, there, it's certainly a Western. I, yeah. I know it's uh, directed by Jane Campion. Uh, the thing that most people have probably seen of her work is The Piano, which you're looking at me like I'm nuts because you haven't seen it. <laughs> nope. uh, yeah, I've, I've only seen that once, honestly, and only a few years ago even. She's made some other big movies since then, but I can't name them off the top of my head. So this is certainly her biggest movie in many years. Okay. I know it's starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. And... Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. And her husband, her real-life husband. Yes. Uh, Jesse... Jess, Plemons? That sounds right, yes. Yeah, Jesse Plemons, I think is his name. His and name then is. Cody Smith-McPhee. Yeah, he, he is like the son? He's the son. Of some... Of, of, I think, Kirsten Dunst. Right, so... I, we watched a trailer a few weeks ago. Yeah. And before watching that trailer, I knew nothing about this movie. After watching that trailer, I we know... Still know th still yeah, we still nothing. know nothing about the movie. <laughs> yeah, so I know that Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons are married, but I assume she, like, lost her husband or something, and so her son is already, like, a teenager. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. And then if I'm was if I'm remembering it correctly, Benedict Cumberbatch is, like, Jesse's brother. I have no idea. I That's the way I interpreted it from the trailer. Mm -hmm. But again, it was a few weeks ago, and we only watched it the once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then as far as what happens, no idea. Benedict seems, Cumberbatch is a bad man. It seems a little creepy to a point. Yeah. I don't really know what to glean from the trailer that we watched, other than the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch has a weird relationship with the kid and with yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's a bad man. Yeah. Just from the trailer. Yeah. I feel like he's a bad man. I also have heard there was a, there was an article. <laughs> Apparently, Benedict Cumberbatch gets naked. Well, all right then. <laughs> he's going for that Oscar. <laughs> hey, it helps. I guess. Isn't that like a joke? If you get naked, you win Oscars? Yeah, if, if you get naked and or you play like a mentally handicapped person. At or, least that's how it was in the 90s. if you watch the TV show Extras, if you do a movie about the Holocaust. Yeah. It's a sad trope, but it's kind of true when you stop and think about it. Yeah. If you start making a list, <laughs> there's, there's some correlation there. There's some truth to that. Again, different times. Yes. But as I understand it, he's actually really tremendous in the movie. He yeah. won a Golden Globe. Cody yeah. Mc- McPhee won a Golden Globe. Yeah, very possible he is going to get, he is going to get nominated for Best Actor. I would think so. Yeah, but we'll talk more going about that. Going against Will Smith, but yeah, we'll we'll wait till the end of the show to talk about what we think. But yeah, I mean, uh, as far as more stuff about this movie, like background, plot wise, I don't know a damn thing. I'm expecting this to like be very focused just on these few people mm-hmm. and be a very kind of a slow slog. Beautiful landscapes. Landscapes. <laughs> but I, yeah, maybe a lot of dialogue. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. So any other thoughts before we jump in here? No, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. We're going to go watch the power of the dog. We'll be right back. Power of the Dog. That is the very definition of a slow burn. Yeah. But it didn't feel slow. What I say by slow burn is you're just kind of like, okay, okay. There's something going to happen here. I'm absolutely captivated every minute of this movie. Like, genuinely, I was just like, okay. I'm with you. Right. I'm paying attention. I'm right. interested. This is interesting. Not a lot's happening. Yeah. But then by the end, you're just like, what the hell? The characters are compelling. There's not really any kind of story here because there doesn't need to be. There's incredibly minimal story. It's more about yeah. the people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it kind of just comes to a head at the very end. And I'm like, le- I'm left scratching my head questioning whether or not I saw what I saw, but I know what I saw. That kid killed Phil. That kid straight up made made a murder. He made a murder. <laughs> He's a straight up psychopath. Uh, kinda. Kinda a little bit. Yeah. Listen. And that's not where I expected any listen. of this to go. Okay, so they set up this character, Peter. Yeah. Who is this kid. sensitive, skinny little boy. Yeah. Who likes making paper flowers and ta- helps his mother. Mm-hmm. And he goes off to boarding school. And when he comes back, he starts hanging out with the rough and tumble cowboy, Phil. Mm-hmm. He, like, he's very different but also he I, I don't know how to describe it. He starts making very intentional choices. 
because like he captures a rabbit because mm-hmm. he wants to be a doctor and we think oh he's got this he's this sensitive boy and he caught a right. rabbit to make his mom happy no he kills the rabbit and uh-huh. he dissects it yeah and and that's okay, some serial and, killer shit <laughs> and, and right there you could ex- you could explain that away in that okay yeah he wants to become a doctor he's got this this equipment from his school whatever and he's very interested in doing this stuff and maybe he's a little weird about it and he's definitely weird this kid's yeah. weird. Yeah, kids don't necessarily do things like that unless they got something up with them or they're very, very curious. And, you know, it's a hundred years ago. Who the fuck knows? Right. So I can get past that portion of it. The whole dissecting a live animal thing. Okay. So then you go one step further of him continuing to read these books and, like, also get involved with Phil and still have this weird relationship with it's, his mother. Okay, but it's all in the sequence of events. So yeah. his mom, it's just him and his mom. Yeah. And we find out at some point that his dad hung himself. Yes. So this is a few years removed from that. Yes. They are the, by themselves. And this man, George, comes along mm-hmm. and he sort of starts talking to Rose and he's lonely and they're out in the mountains in Montana. Montana. Yeah. And they get married and she's miserable because Phil's a dick and he yeah. is intentionally trying to make her life awful yeah. because he's an awful person. <laughs> yeah. And she starts drinking and when he Peter comes home from boarding school mm-hmm. and finds out how miserable she is, yeah. this is the sequence. He says to her, you don't have to do this. And then we see him looking at a medical textbook. So from here on out is when he starts hanging out with Phil. So he had already kind of initiated it. Phil had sort of started talking to him. Because what better way to fuck with a person than that you don't like. He had already, at this point in the movie, just done everything to make Kirsten Dunst's character awfully miserable. Mm -hmm. Like, that's his fault. Yeah. What better way to get her and really stick it to her than turn her own son against her? Which, I don't know if that's what he was trying to do. No, it doesn't matter if that's what he was trying to do. If he gets her son on his side in any capacity, it will drive her insane. She's already kind of insane. Right, but it's just a big fuck you. I'm going to hang out with your son, and I'm going to make him like me, and you hate that. Right. I don't give a shit about this kid, but you hate it, and that's what matters. Right. But at the same time, the kid starts investigating Phil and finding out where he's hanging out. No, 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 that happened earlier. That happened earlier. Fine. Like I said, it's sequence. Yes. So he kind of has some inside information about Phil. Then he knows he's making his mother miserable. Yeah. Then Phil starts initiating this in- relationship. And so he goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And he figures out a way to get back at him for mm-hmm. what he's doing to his mother. Yeah. By taking advantage of this relationship. Mm-hmm. So in this sequence, you think, oh, God, Phil's going to fuck this kid up. When, in fact, the kid is the one who's in control. Oh, yeah. He is making every intentional move uh-huh. to get what he wants to happen to happen. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's just like, you're watching this movie absolutely fascinated because it's like, oh my God, Phil's such a bad guy. He's a bad man and something bad is going to happen. But it's exactly the opposite of what you thought. Right. And you have to take everything as, as a whole because it starts at the beginning where all the ranch hands come in and start making fun of Peter. Yeah. So they're teasing this soft little boy. Right. (laughs) <laughs> who, I mean, we don't really know where they come from, if they're originally from this place, nope. or if they came here after the father died or anything like that. And we also don't really know what happened with the father. Not other for than quite what, a while. Other than what the, the story is. Now, right off the bat here, I'm going to say, I don't necessarily believe that story. About his dad? Yes. I mean, that's also true, because by this point in the movie, he's already kind of setting up the, the, the dominoes. Yes. At the very end of the movie, I feel like the kid killed his dad, the kid killed Phil, and the kid is going to kill George. I mean, maybe. Maybe. He's got straight-up serial killer vibes. Like, that's what I think. People who dissect animals, that, that's like the first trope. Like, that's the first yes. step yes. to becoming a serial killer. You right. He also small. He also had that other rabbit over on the pile of wood yep. where, yeah, the, the, the rabbit, I guess, broke a leg and couldn't run, and he just, just offs it. Yeah. He just, he pets it and like then... Like it's nothing. Yeah. Like it's nothing. And I was surprised at the fact that he did that, and, and at that point, I realized... This kid is not who he is depicted as. We, he's more than you think. Yes. He's a lot more than you right. think. Right, and this, the, the whole revelation here keeps getting peeled back and peeled back and peeled back until the very end where everything is exposed here. Right. And I'm like, holy shit. Well, this is like when we watched Arrival. I kind of, they're giving you all the pieces, but I didn't put it together until right before they give it to you. Yeah. Like, by the time you figure out, wait. Right. Oh! Right. They just flame tell you. It's like seconds before. Yeah. Like, I said to you, oh, I get what's going on here. And you're like, what? And I said, like, three words. Yeah. And you went, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, again, they're just giving everything to you at the very end. And then I start to piece together more here. Right. And that's why I think, yes, they said... The kid found his dad and cut him down. No, they didn't. No, he could have just fucked him up. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. There's a lot of shit going on. There's some layers to this fucking movie. Right, and it's only within the... In the last five minutes. Right. You know, you think this is going to be a one kind of a movie and it turns into something else completely. Right. And I get why people like that portion of it. Now, this movie is probably going to have to sit with me for a while. Because my initial reaction is just based on the five the five minutes at the very end. Yeah. The rest of the movie is all set up for that ending. A lot of this movie is setting up and teaching you who Phil is and yeah. what he is about. Yeah. So Benedict Cumberbatch is really good in this. He is. This is an incredibly well-rounded character and there is a lot of nuance to what he is doing. Yeah. Like, the first thing I want to talk about is his physicality. The fucking way he walks. He has the weirdest walk. One other thing that I notice uh, besides the walk... How he sits down at the chair at the very beginning at uh, the first meal they have. 
He gets on it like a horse? No, he gets on it like completely uh, with a straight back. He doesn't yeah. like lean forward and then sit down like a normal person would. He just kind of slides in. Yeah. It's, it's as if... He has like a very very stiff back. That's how he from, walks. Ri- from riding a horse That's all day. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. His back is like le- he's leaning back when he walks, but his legs are out in front of him, so he's like yeah. not quite bow legged. Yeah. But it's that thing where you're tightening your torso and you're leaning in the yep. horse. Yeah. And he's just permanently in that position. Yeah. This whole movie. Yeah. Anytime you see him walk, it is the most uncomfortable looking walk. Yeah. But he is committed it's to like, that posture. It's like there's no curve in his spine. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. He is committed to that posture. And that by itself is really hard to do. <laughs> For somebody who doesn't have that. No. Yeah. No. So that was impressive because it is it is a solid choice and he does it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Like he, at the beginning of the movie... He's talking to his brother, and of course, he's this dirty old cowboy, and his brother is very, like, clean, collegiate, you know, short hair, walks around in a fur coat, very 1920s collegiate athlete-looking guy. Well, like, higher society. Higher society, yeah. He's the brains, and and in this racket, Phil, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, Mm -hmm. is the... I don't know what you call it. He's the dirty brother. <laughs> He's the guy who gets the work done. Yeah. So at the very beginning, he keeps referring to George as Fatso. Yeah. Like the first time he's in there, he goes, hey, Fatso. Yeah. Fatso, we didn't find out his name was man. George for like 10 minutes. We didn't even find out his name for a while. Right. Until he wrote it down in that comment book right. or whatever it was. But it is abundantly clear that he is really, really attached to this relationship because he keeps saying in that first section, I won't do it till my brother's here. I'm yeah. not going to do that. We're not starting until he gets here. Yeah. Like he, he talks about how, Hey, remember how like the good old days, you and me, it's you and me, it's you mm-hmm, and me. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this for 25 years yeah. and they sleep in the same room. And when he starts hanging out with Rose, Phil gets really upset. He's very unapproving. He not disapproving. He's upset. Like he's yes. biting his lip. Like he's about to cry. Like when the two, when he brings her home and they yeah. start getting sexy in the next room. Sure. He's getting emotional. I didn't get that. Oh yeah, no. He's like biting his lip. That's how I interpreted that. Okay. Yes, anger t- it comes with that too, but that's like sure. sadness and jealousy, like somebody else is butting in on this relationship. Mm-hmm. And he sets out to just fuck with her. Yeah. Like literally, he just, she gets a piano and he, she starts practicing. What does he do? He immediately marches upstairs and grabs the banjo and plays the same song but at the same time and better. Mm-hmm. He follows her around whistling that tune mm-hmm. just to trigger her. Right. And, and he's he, an awful, awful person to her. Yeah. But then there's also more to him because he keeps talking about Bronco Henry. Mm-hmm. Bronco Henry, this this famous old cowboy who taught him to ride yeah, and taught, taught him, him to everything ranch. that he knows about ranching. And he clearly never shuts up about the man because all of the guys on the ranch are like, tell all us the, about yeah, Bronco all, Henry. All the ranch hands want to hear stories. Yeah. Because this guy's been doing this for 25 years plus, And all these ranch hands want to know about the good old days. Yep. 
and all these stories that Phil and and um, Bronco Henry got into. Mm-hmm. But in reality, Bronco Henry and Phil had a much different relationship. Yes, they they were more than friends. Let's yes. just say <laughs> he was his special friend. Mm-hmm. And we find this... Went up this, on Brokeback Mountain a few times. Yeah, we find this out through little bits of the story. But, like, he has a special place that's hidden amongst the trees. There's, like, yeah. a little pond he his goes to. His little hidey hole. Yeah, he crawls through these, these roots yeah. and into this clearing... And he's like, there's a scene where he's rubbing this. We were trying to figure out what it was. It was like a silk a scarf, scarf or something. It turns out hanky. it was a handkerchief that was monogrammed mm-hmm. with BH. And we're like, who's BH? Who's BH? Oh. oh. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, I said, yeah, that's Bronco Henry. Right. And where does he keep this handkerchief, Betsy? He keeps it on his dick, Trent. <laughs> that shit's In down his, his pants all the time. Yeah. He takes it out and he's like fondling it and rubbing it on his face. In the beautiful warm sunlight. Yeah. Touching his own body, caressing his bare skin with it. Uh-huh. 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 And like later in the movie, he tells, or actually no, there's a little scene where Peter finds this secret stash. Yeah. And he's got like, you know, 1925 version of Dirty Magazines. Right. Uh, with... Featuring Men. Bronco Henry, and they're naked, but with like a little leaf over their junk. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, he's got a bunch of magazines of ripped dudes. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, okay. Like, okay. And, and at that point, you think it's going to be a different kind of a movie. Right. Because this is like the first real big revelation that we get about any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really... All you see is the surface level of of all of these people. Like Phil doesn't like the relationship that that his brother and Rose are in. Yep. Uh, he makes fun of the kid. He, he he makes fun of George to their parents. Like he writes yes. a letter talking about how oh he's fucking he's, this all up. He's he's, he's shacking up with this uh, suicide widow. Yeah. Yeah. And he and yeah he just he doesn't like anything. He doesn't like anybody, including no. himself. No, he literally is like, when he's alone, he hates being alone. Yeah. But when he's with people, he's like, oh, there you are, fatso. Right. Like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, there's at the beginning of the movie, his brother isn't there. And he's, yeah. like, looking around for him, like, George, George, George. Right. So he decides to go to bed, and then he hears a sound. He's like, George, is it George? Mm-hmm. Like, this dude has a lot of layers. <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Yeah. And... Uh, the thing that you I, I wanted to bring up to you, you wanted to talk about it during the movie. I, I mentioned I have <laughs> thoughts on this. All right, all right. Okay, so they are a cattle ranch, mm-hmm. and they show them throughout the movie, you know, like castrating cows mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, doing a, uh, a cattle drive, getting yeah. them where they need to go from town to town. Yeah. And they show them skinning the cows, mm-hmm. and they take the hides, and they're all just like out on the fences drying. There's some Native Americans who are passing through because they are craftspeople and they're going to make these gloves with the hides and they're just like, can we buy the hides? And the housekeeper, the head cook or whoever she is, Mm -hmm. says, no, no, get away, get away, get away. We're not selling this. Go away. And she reveals to Rose that Phil doesn't use them. Mm -hmm. He just just doesn't. He's just going to put them in a big pile and burn them. Yeah. 
So Rose, of course, set, chases them down because she's equally as awful to Phil. Yeah. <laughs> and she knows it'll hurt him. So she says, take them, take the hides. Mm-hmm. And they do. Yeah. My husband owns yes. the ranch. It's okay. I say it's okay and because f- I'm married to him. Phil has an epic meltdown. Yeah. Okay. You were saying, well, he needs it for to make the rope. No. He's really a meticulous person, and they show it a few times, like, to the point of obsession. Like, he's clearly somewhat obsessed with Bronco Henry. Mm-hmm. They have a little scene where he's got a bunch of arrowheads that he's collected, and he's yeah. got them neatly laid out in and this like cabinet. Labeled. Yeah. And labeled and pinned, mm-hmm. and he's very careful about how they are, and he's got dozens of them. Yeah. And the hides, I think that's just kind of the same thing, like... It's it's an OCD sort of a thing. Like hoarders, you take their shit and throw it away. They have an epic, epic meltdown. Yeah. Like they need to have that control. That's a control thing. Hmm. Like he doesn't want the hides. He doesn't need the hides, but they're mine. Yeah. And I'm going to take them. Yeah. And when she takes them, he has a meltdown. Right. And, and you could equate that with the fact that she moves in with them. Yeah. And kind of fucks up their whole their arrangement. Yeah, yeah, the whole dynamic changes because now this we got this this lady. He has to share. Yeah. He doesn't share well. Yeah. Like I said, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to the things he does yeah. than the surface. Okay. Obviously I didn't get that portion of it, but it That's makes how it makes I sense. Interpreted it does it. make sense. Because he knows he's going to burn them. He yeah. does not want them. Right. He just didn't, he doesn't want anyone else to have them. Mm-hmm. And when that control is taken away, somebody took his shit. He doesn't like that. <laughs> right. And at that point, he's he's off his game. He's 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 kind of off kilter a little bit. Uh-huh. And then we have that scene at the very, near the end of the movie at, at night, where him and Peter are hanging out making rope and smoking a cigarette together. Yeah. And it's incredibly intimate. There is, yeah. there is like tension in that room. Sure. Like I was just fascinated in that scene. Like what the fuck is going to happen here? Right. And I think at that point, Peter has full control here. Yes. He knows he's got the uh, leather strips that can be used to finish the rope. So he's got that in his back pocket. He knows that he's infatuated with him. Mm-hmm. He knows that he can get he, he knows that he has a wound on his hand. Yep. He's he's basically put all these pieces together so that he can just get him in this position. Right. So they they have talked a few times throughout the movie like Peter is g- gathering intelligence. Yes. Like there's little moments where they're having conversations and he's asking about the ranch and he's asking about the cows. Yeah. And Phil says and they say it a few times in the movie that some of the cows get taken by wolves, like the calves sometimes. Yep. Some of them get anthrax, but he doesn't touch those. You know, mm-hmm. stay away from them. Yep. Because if they get that, it'll infect the whole herd and mm-hmm. it'll infect you, etc. Mm-hmm. And they say it a few times. And there's a scene in the middle of the movie where Peter goes out by himself and he finds this dead cow. Yeah. And he starts cutting it up. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we already know he's a little weirdo who cuts up rabbits. So you just assume, oh, he's going to have a little science experiment on this cow. Right. And my my thought at the time was he is a stupid kid. He found this dead animal, but like maybe the day before. 
he didn't have his tools with him at the time, so the next day he goes out with his tools mm -hmm. to find it again. He doesn't know about the anthrax or anything like that because yep. he's just a stupid kid. He doesn't know any better. False. <laughs> right. So he specifically goes out there to find that particular cow to take that hide away. So that he's got that for whenever they're, they're going to finish that rope. Yes, Trent. It's Chekhov's cow. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said when we were watching it, the pieces all kind of click together in your brain just a second before it happens. Yeah. So he has set it up that Phil is opening up to him and he's quote unquote opening up to Phil. Right. And Phil says, I'm going to make you this rope. And he has that meltdown about the hides. Yeah. And Peter takes off his little leather glove and he puts his arm softly on, or hand softly on his arm. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have a hide. You can finish the rope. Right. And Where course, did you get raw hide? Right. Yeah. I. It doesn't matter. I, you can have Right. Mine. And at that point, he's vulnerable enough to yes. just go along with it. Because he's had a fucking meltdown. He's having a he's meltdown. He's in an emotional state. He, he can be with this person that he's infatuated with. Yep. And... Peter just keeps on feeding him the rope, so yep. to speak. Metaphorically and literally. Exactly. So even even in that scene at night, he's like telling him, oh, so tell me about uh, you and Henry. Yeah. He's got a, a saddle, an yeah. homage. It's a it's shrine. Bronco Henry's. Yes. It's a shrine it to is. him. And it's got a little plaque, my a friend. In loving memory, Bronco yeah. Henry. Yeah. Yeah. A friend. And it's his like little spurs and his... And his, his rope and his saddle. Yeah. And at one point, uh, Phil says, oh, yeah, he saved my life one time because, you know, it was bad weather coming around. and We were up in the mountains. Yeah, we all got all got on the, uh, the same bedroll. And Peter suggests, oh, you were naked. Yeah. He held, we survived the winter yeah. weather because yeah. he pressed his body against mine. And he just yes. says, naked. And right. he's like, dr like a drag on his cigarette. Right. And at no time would you think that Peter would have been interested in that kind of a thing. No. At no time was that ever introduced. Oh, no. The or... whole movie, I feel like you think this about Phil. Yes. And you think he's going to do something to Peter. Right. Whether Peter is is a willing participant or it's against his will. Right. But... Yeah, at this moment, it's clear that Peter's like, I'm on to you. Yeah. Oh, this is the kind of person you are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he's making this rope. But of course, how do you make rope? Well, you have to get it wet first. It yeah. can't just, it's too rough to work on its own. Yeah. Leather has to be stretched and pulled, etc. Mm -hmm. So he, Peter gets him this big thing of water. And he's, we've already seen it a few times that Phil has this big cut on his hand. Yeah. So he's shown with the water and there's yeah. blood going everywhere. This is a very gaping wound. Yeah. And, and of course he's this this rough and tumble rancher yeah. who doesn't give a shit about no. you know blood or like infections or anything no, like that. No, he literally says he's invincible. Yeah, you castrate fifteen hundred cows and then the last you one, cut your you hand can... on the last one. Yeah, <laughs> and that's his wound. And so yeah. they just keep referring to it. Yeah. And again, it's important. It's necessary. Uh -huh. And yeah. They they show the two of them. He's making this rope. They're swapping stories. Fade to black. And then the next morning, you don't know where Phil is. 
and you don't know where Peter is. Mm-hmm. I, honest to God, was like, oh my God, did he hang Peter? Like, I thought for a minute that's what was happening. Like, I'm going to, he kept saying, I'm going to make you a rope. Yeah. I'm going to make you a rope. And again, he's an awful person who, who is trying to fuck with Kristen, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. So wouldn't that be the worst fucking thing that has ever happened to her if he like either kills her son mm-hmm. or gets him to kill himself? Right. Make it look like a suicide, right. especially if. The with, real, with the history. If the story is real. Right. That her husband already did that. Yeah. Like that would be a fucked up, fucked up thing to do. Yeah. So I'm like, where is this fucking kid? Where is he? Yeah. Where is Phil? What is happening? The other thought I had was they're going to find them both like embracing each other in the barn. Right. You know, it's like, okay, right now this is very open-ended. What right. the fuck it happened could, it last It could night? go to a, a lot of different conclusions here. Yeah. But the way it went is not anywhere where I expected no! it to go. The next morning they expect, oh yeah, Phil's supposed to be down for breakfast at a certain time. And he's Everybody like the else early is down riser. There. Yeah, he's the early riser. He's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. George goes up to, to find him still in bed, still got his boots on, still got everything on, Sick. and he is sweating profusely. Sick as a dog. He's got a terrible, terrible infection. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So then, this part I didn't understand. So he's... He says, I'm going to get you to the doctor, Phil. And he's like, don't worry, I got it. And he right. puts on a suit. What's that about? Uh, what do I mean, we make of that? Is, is that the I'm going to town wear? But he's gone to town before. Maybe not that town. And he was a stinky old cowboy. Yeah, not not that town. I don't know. That would be the big city. <laughs> I guess. That's that part that would be the one detail yeah, I don't quite the understand. The wearing of a suit was was kind of strange. When he's sweating and dying. Yeah, I mean unless he's just completely de- delusional and he wants to wear that to present the kid with the rope. Maybe. That's probably it. That's the only thing I can think of. Because he's walking in front of the car saying, Where's the kid? Where's yeah, the kid? I need he's, to give the kid this rope. this rope. This is his rope. Yeah, and as they're driving, that's and he's like collapsed. I that's when yeah. I turned to you and went, "Oh, yeah. raw!" And I said, "Trent, where'd he get the rawhide?" And you went, yeah. "Oh, yeah." <laughs> so yeah, anthrax cow into the water with mm-hmm. the rawhide mm-hmm. into his wound. Yeah, and yeah, the they they say, "Oh, he he died. He yeah. fucking died. He just dies. Phil just dies. He's dead." We see him going to the doctor, mm-hmm. and then his brother is picking out suits in a coffin. Yeah. And then he's dead. Yeah. And then we see Peter just, like, with his gloves on, carefully caressing this rope and mm-hmm. then putting it away. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you sick motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But also, he was very meticulous for his mother. Like, in the beginning of the movie, he says, what kind of man would I be if I didn't help my mother? Yeah. And that's, wow. Right, and, and I'm, is this like some weird Norman Bates shit here? That's the only thing I can think of. That, that he's got this weird relationship with his mother, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want any men around. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to have to watch it again because he says some stuff about, like, her, like, he has, like, a little monologue at the beginning. And he says something about her finding finding a husband, I think. Hmm. And I can't remember what he says. I don't remember that. But I know he says something about what kind of man would I be without helping my mother. Huh. So maybe, 
I mean, yeah, it where, sure, where it's it sure just, feels like some Norman Bates I just vibes. feel like he's <laughs> setting this up so that they can be together just by themselves again. Maybe. And now, the scene where he goes up to her bedroom, and she's all drunk, and like she was like crawling on the floor to him. Yeah. Um, talking about stars and whatever Like being else. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, talking about her teacher. It's like a weird right. little monologue. So that scene was weird because of the interaction between those two. Like, was she going after him in a weird way? Or is no, it just, or was she just drunk? I think she. this is necessary for him to understand just how bad she is. Okay, fine. Like, I think that's just literally setting up that she is really fucked up. Yeah. And he, this is the first time he's really seen it. He's seen hints of it. Right. But this is the first time he really sees it and he decides yeah. to do something about it. The first time it. he goes up to the to the bedroom and she's just in bed. Yeah. And he I sees. I have a headache. He's, oh. Yeah. He sees the bottle. He just kind of. He pushes push, it he back. pushes it away. Everyone in this house knows she's drinking. Right. And now you could talk about like all four of these characters are flawed in some way. Yes. We already talked about Phil. We talked about Pete. We talked. Uh, we didn't talk about George. No. Now George, I I feel like George has been like the put upon brother mm-hmm. his entire life. He can't like talk back. No. To Phil at no. all. He runs the business side of it. If I yeah. feel like, which yeah. is why he he has the car and he's more modern and he goes and talks to people and. Right. And he pays the bills and makes mm-hmm. the arrangements. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the two of them together are very different. They're very different. And he doesn't even seem to like his own brother in any capacity. No. But they're very close in the sense they're always around each other. Sure. So yes, it is It is a very big shift when he goes out and finds himself a wife. Mm-hmm. It's hard for him, too. Like, he even says to her, like, he starts crying and says, it's really nice to not be lonely anymore. Yeah. And that was a really sweet moment. Yeah. Because that's him actually expressing himself as opposed to him just keeping everything inside and just only being there for his brother who's an asshole to him. This movie is full of repression. (laughs) Everyone in this movie is incredibly repressed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then the scene where... Uh, George goes out to to meet Phil out where there's a bunch of ranch hands doing stuff with with the hides. In the barn. In the barn. And he goes out there to say, so uh, he's just kind of looking at his feet. It's like, so uh, the governor and his wife and the our, our parents are going to come to the house for dinner. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that the governor, the governor wouldn't mind, but I think I think the governor's wife might mind if each and. Get it out, and, and man. And Phil just keeps on saying, what do you want? What do you want, man? Just spit it out. Spit Get it out, Fatso. Yeah. And he finally says, you need to wash. You need to take a bath. You yeah. stank. You can't be with the governor and his wife and our parents if you're going to be a stanky-ass rancher. If you look like the way you do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then later he apologizes to him because he's like, 
you should really come in to dinner. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Like, no, you absolutely should have. Yes. Like, I don't think it was out of line to ask him to take a bath and be presentable. For the governor. For the governor. <laughs> because this is 1925 when you still dressed for dinner. Yeah. Like, they're all wearing tuxedos mm-hmm. and fancy dress. Yeah. And he shows up at the end of the dinner after mm-hmm. he says, oh, I'm not going to that thing. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Yeah. And he's... At the end of the dinner, when everybody's putting on their coats, he's just eating a pear, yeah. and he's covered in dirt, and he's got his chaps on, yeah. and he starts shit-talking everybody. <laughs> right, and and that's, again, it's his thing about, like... That's a control thing! It's a control thing, and not wanting to let anybody in. He's very dismissive of, of everybody. Yeah. And even the governor said, well, that's that's honest dirt. He's he's a he's a working man, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And all of us people are should should be should be proud to have somebody like that. Yeah, you know, working working this working hard. This crass bastard. <laughs> yeah, like a politician would. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that was an important scene for him. I think to well, well, number one, he he shows up to reveal the fact that Rose doesn't know shit about playing the piano. Except she does. She just, she gets in her own head so terribly. Sure. Like she, she used to play the piano. That part I believe is true. And she keeps saying she used to play for movie houses. Mm -hmm. But she probably played to 12 people in fucking Montana where they didn't really care if you were a bad piano player. Right. They just want some kind of music to go along with with their silent picture. Why do you think she has a player piano at her restaurant? Right. She's not going to play. Yeah. And she even doesn't like that thing. She likes comments <laughs> on it. Right. But then her husband, who thinks far too much of her, is like pushing her to play and she doesn't want to. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when you push people, that's a terrible relationship. Yeah. And she want, you wonder why she starts drinking. Because that's the night she does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally. Her- she is out of her element, out of her depth. She's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And she kind of has a panic attack and is just like, no, I can't do it. Goodbye. Right. Well, and also them getting married basically took away whatever that she had to do. Yeah. Like, she just becomes she this. She had an occupation. Yeah. She she can't even be a housewife to actually do like chores or whatever else around the house. They have people for that already. They have cooks. And yeah. she shows up in the kitchen and starts washing dishes because she just needs something to do. Right. But then she doesn't even do that yeah. by the end. So, yeah, she she's just loses her entire identity mm-hmm. and just becomes his wife, and that's it. Yep. And when she does start drinking and it becomes a problem, where's George? Like, I, I asked a couple of different times, where the hell has George been? Yeah. We haven't seen him for, like, 10, 15 minutes of movie time. Meanwhile, she's drinking every day and everybody knows and it hide- including him and at first she was like like hiding it and like sneaking a sip every so often but after a while you know she's just drunk it's in the bed yeah she has bottles in the bed right she is in the bottles in the closet in the alley in the yeah. bathroom like everywhere in this house she has bottles of booze yeah and he knows it. Right. Like they, she collapses near the end of the movie mm-hmm. and he carries her into bed and they throw back the covers and there's a booze bottle. Yeah. And he just, and he the just housekeeper like apologizes. Yeah. He just picks it up, tosses it down the drain and, yep. you know, just another day. Yeah. And he doesn't try to help her. Yeah. He just lets her do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of a husband are you? Right. 
I mean, I, I just feel like he just wanted to have this trophy wife kind of a thing. I think where, he just wanted a wife. He didn't yeah. really care who. Right. He didn't care that much. Well, and, they weren't she, together very long before they got married. Right. And he's like building her up as this, oh, you're talented. You can cook and you can play the piano and yeah. you're so great. Right. And there's no need for that. Just. But, but then, like, she tries to teach him how to dance, and she, he's like, no, 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 I can't dance. Right. Goodbye. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole thing. This movie is layered. Yeah, and I... And I, interesting. I didn't really expect much of anything other than just a, a weird kind of a period piece about, about people who live this life. But, yeah, this was a lot more, and like I said before, it's going to have to sit with me for a while. Yeah. I don't know what I feel about it. I know what my feelings about where the kid is concerned is. I feel like, yeah, he killed his dad. He killed Phil. And he's going to kill Peter. He's going Somehow, to kill again. <laughs> he will kill again. I've already killed once and I'll mother, kill again. To get his mother back. Well, yeah. That's my opinion. I don't know where you where you're standing here, but... I, I don't know if I go that far as to say it's like a weird thing between about him and his mother. That I'm less uh, I think it's sure more, about. I think it's more she's the only thing he's got yeah. and she keeps finding herself surrounded by bad men. Yeah. They're bad men and he's going to do something about that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just kill willy-nilly. He has purpose to these murders. <laughs> <laughs> So right. he thinks them out. And even, you know, like the thing with Phil, like he, the, the very end, he's holding the rope that Phil made. Yeah. And it's like he actually was starting to give a shit about Phil and he's holding on to it. It's his little prize. And then he puts it away. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, unless that's the rope that he's going to use to hang George. It's the only know. thing I can think of. I don't know. Like I said, I was. It was at the beginning where I'm like, okay, putting the pieces here. All right, this yeah. is a little slow, but I'm I'm interested. I'm focused. Yeah. I'm not zoning out. Like I'm you said, getting all of this. It's the very definition of a slow burn movie. Yes, but then by the end, I was so captivated that I was just like, what is gonna happen? Yeah. I was. The music throughout. Yes. is really eerie especially with rose yeah. because when she starts to get a little nutso so does the music yeah it's like what did i th how did i think of it it sounded like something else it sounded like like old cowboy western kind of music like that you'd hear like the stuff she would play on the piano yeah. in an old-timey movie yeah but really like dissonant and warped and unnerving yeah yeah. yeah, her music was very what would they call it staccata, where it's just like it's just kind of like all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it was it was effective. Yeah, and then there's a lot of sections that have no music. Mm -hmm. So they did that well. So any other specific thoughts you want to bring up about this movie, Trent? I think that about covers it. Uh, should we talk about Oscar stuff? Let's talk Oscars. So I definitely agree. This will get nominated for Best Picture. Yes. I, I don't think I have any doubt. I don't have any doubt in my mind about that one. Yeah. Uh, I think the music is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I think there's some potential that this could get score. Score. 
Uh, cinematography? This is a beautiful movie. It is. I feel like it could have gone further because I just don't... I don't think that they were really trying to get the scope of everything because most of it is indoors. Most of it is, you know... And if it is outdoors, it is just like a little bit of landscapes because it's just like the exteriors of the house and the inn and but it's all natural the, lighting like it, it indoors is. the whole the movie. lighting did look very very good so yeah i think that's that's this is the kind of movie that gets nominated for cinematography yeah i wouldn't necessarily think it would win but i yeah i think that, it that is recognized. a possi- that is a possibility i think benedict cumberbatch yeah i think cody smith mcphee yeah i might go so far as to say kirsten dunst yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that because you know she does have some range here, mm-hmm. especially from from the beginning where we see her in the restaurant, all the way where she just looks haggard. Yes, she looks terrible. She looks like a woman who's been treating her body very badly for yes. several months. <laughs> yeah, and this is like like almost the course of a year. Probably about a year. Yeah, because they kind of start. He, and the kid's and then, about to go back to school. Yeah, it's so like the, summertime. Yeah. At the, so, so I think it starts in summer and ends in summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Director, I think potentially. Yeah, it's a good possibility, director. Uh, directing is, is so hard to, to judge. Yeah. Um, it's usually, I, I, I talk about best director stuff when it comes to like something that is very, very complicated. I don't necessarily think this is very complicated. It's just where you have to integrate the 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 settings and the characters and what is going on. So I don't think it's a shoe in, but yeah, it's a, it's a good possibility for it. I think it's certainly on the short list. Yeah. Uh, I think also potentially screenplay, original screenplay. Maybe. Maybe. Again, you have to think really broad terms for some of these categories, but I think the most logical ones are those. I think if you're going to really, really fall in love with this movie, Mm -hmm. yeah, you you could just completely run the gamut. Oh, yeah. Except for for maybe, I don't think Jesse Plemons, because he's just kind of muted the entire movie. He's a very stoic man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was good at doing that. Yes. Especially, like you said, um, them going out in in the hills and he's crying because he's finally no longer lonely. I know that feeling. So yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. So him less. So the kid definitely, um, Benedict definitely. Yeah. I would wager this movie's going to get nominated for at least eight Academy Awards. All right. By my That's count, I'm paying attention here. If all the actors get nominated, yeah. and then you group it in with like score, pictures, cinematography, maybe costumes, because there's a lot of period pieces, and period pieces usually get nominated for that sort of thing. Right. I'm uh, not. I'm not aware of a lot of other movies that there's going to be a lot of hoop skirts, Betsy. For this go around, yes, it's the hoop skirt rule, Trent. We've discussed this. Yes, back in the what, movie with the hoop skirts. Yeah, explain that. I think I did last year, didn't I? I don't remember. Well, the point is, if it's got hoop skirts, it's probably gonna get nominated, and it very well might win. When yes. in doubt, pick the movie with the hoop skirts. And it's usually correct. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think this movie's probably got a lot of potential to be nominated for many, many things. Yeah. But again because the Academy Awards have diversified their nomination pool, yeah. 
it gets a lot harder for anybody to sweep. So to win, to win, you you can get a lot of well, nominations. Yeah, you'll but never you're, sweep. You're, Nobody you're not, sweeps anymore. Yeah, I, I just don't think that there's going to be a lot of winners here. I think you're right. There is a good possibility we'll get a lot of nominations, but beyond that, I have no idea. And, and we haven't seen all the nominees yet. Um, like I said in the intro, we are recording this a couple of days before the nominations come out. This episode will come out the day after, so, you know, we'll get to them when we get to them. But, you know, I, I think this movie has a, probably the best chance to have the most nominations. For what we've seen so For far. For what we've seen so far. Yes. Now, we haven't seen a movie like West Side Story. If there's any movie that's going to be, like, like probably, oh, like, yeah. hitting it out of the park with the nominations, that's be like that. That's one of those, like, on paper, ten nominations kind of a movie. <laughs> sure. May not win anything, but... No. It's, it's interesting in this modern era how many movies still get nominated for like six plus awards, but then they're lucky if they win one. It used to be back in the day that you would get nominated for 11 to 14 awards and you'd almost always win all of them. Yeah. Or most of them. Right. The last movie to sweep, I think, was Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that did sweep. <laughs> right, and think about the movies that were winning all those sweeps. It was the big, big epics. It was the Bravehearts. Big budgets. And the, the, the Gladiators and the Lord of the Rings stuff. Titanic. Titanic. It's the huge, huge, big budget epics. Mm-hmm. Now everything has a big budget. Lately, but it's less epic. <laughs> lately, the movies that have been winning the most, like Nomadland last year, are these very muted Small budget, but beautifully shot movies where you have a very low-key story. Like Parasite. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a low-key story. (laughs) I have one final thought about this movie. All right. It was very distracting to hear Kirsten Dunst say Peter after watching (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Peter, Peter, Peter. That the one thing, because I have watched Spider-Man so many more times than you. It's true. Just to hear her say that in the first like four minutes of the movie. I'm just like, no. (laughs) 20 years on though. Yep. Yeah. Just a weird little thing. All right. Weird little quirk. All right. All right. That's fair. But I suppose, Betsy, uh, that's going to be where we have to end this one. But before we go, let's read an email, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, we got an email from Stephanie about another possible Oscar nominee, uh, about Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, from Stephanie, loved it. Andrew Garfield was great. The songs were wonderful. It was very cin- cinematic for a movie based on a stage show. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's very hard to translate a one stage thing with just a few actors to something that is like outside and in multiple locations. Certain shows are much harder to translate to the screen than others. And vice versa. Yes. Uh, Back to the email. I think it is Oscar nomination worthy for sure. Very moving and also inspirational. I wish I was still writing, but I just never feel like I have, I never feel like it when I have the time. Talking about um, when when I was talking about when, when I used to write 
on a on a on occasion back when I was in my college days and and soon after. But yeah, I, again, I just don't have the time and you know the things I want to want to actually get out of my head. I just talk to Betsy. Or we recording a podcast. Or we record a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of which, I just saw "Don't Look Up." Very good. Leo, Merrill, and J-Law are fantastic. Actually, the entire cast is great. You should watch it. Well, funny you say that. Uh, we already put out an episode for that. We so, did it! Yeah. It's <laughs> already out! It. It's, the, it's the episode that came right before this one. So if you missed that one, uh, go listen to it. Uh, that's all we got, Betsy. Yeah! Yeah, so that's the end of this one. Uh, there's going to be Oscar nominees coming out in a couple of days. It's already in the ethers by the time you Yesterday. listen to this. <laughs> Yesterday. So, yeah, I guess we'll see if if we're very much ahead of the pack or if we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we might be wrong about every single thing. I hope not. <laughs> Otherwise, what have we been doing with our lives? Yeah, just watching movies for fun. Who does that? Oh, fun! So, if you haven't already gone out and, and looked at the Oscar nominees... Take a look at the list. Send us your thoughts about what you think, if any of these are actually deserving. If they snubbed anybody, I want to hear about your snubs. If you think, oh, hell no, you got a nomination? Right. <laughs> uh, email us at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, neverseenit underscore pod. If you want to support us, click the link in the podcast description. If you don't want to support us, that's cool. Just share the episodes with your friends, all the ones that you, you like, or if you know someone who's seen a movie, yeah, just throw just throw it to your to one of your buddies. If you find someone who hasn't seen a movie, make them explain themselves. <laughs> so this movie, there are people who act like they're other people. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's a movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode. Uh, we will be back with another episode of Never Seen It next time. My name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.